today, Sally Lucas is taking a look at some of those things we need to do when we're travelling, things like coming back into the country. There have been changes. They need to go digital. And we always have something bright as we talk travel to get those blues, those weather blues away. We are talking travel on 2NURFM. Sally Lucas, uh, well... There's always something to keep up with in the world of travel, especially these days. I was going to say exactly the same thing, Jane, especially these days. I mean, it's changing day by day, week by week. And we did discuss how American Airlines was mandated through court that they didn't have to wear masks anymore on planes, but of course you still could, and etc. And I'm not sure whether all airlines have come on board with that yet, but it's up to each individual airline what they wish to do. So the European Union has done the same. Okay. So they're dropping COVID-19 mask mandates for planes and airports. Um, Lufthansa's not, though. Um, they're still insisting only when you're eating that you can remove it. So again, it's up to the individual airlines if they want to follow suit. But yes, so there we go. So things are changing all the time and you know whether it comes here soon or not who knows but what people are saying apparently and what's making them make these decisions is that a lot of these countries have opened up you don't even have to wear them in the supermarkets here there and everywhere so why do you have to wear them on planes and especially on in planes where they've got such purified air being recycled the whole time it's almost 100 percent pure air being changed every so many seconds so you know it's going to be a lot better air than you'd get almost anywhere else so that's just something new that's happening and we also did mention jane last week that um with south pacific because a lot of people might not yet want to do long-haul travel but they're happy to do something closer to home and a lot of the islands as we've mentioned last week are starting to reopen we, we did mention uh, Vanuatu from 1 July. Uh, their GDP, you know, fell by 14.3, then another 2.6. And they had the seventh worst outcome in the world and they depend on tourism so much. So Vanuatu is desperate for us to, to go and visit them again. It's not a bad place to visit, is it? Oh, not at all. And I mean, it's, it's only a couple of hours. It's less flying time than Cairns. So there you go. Fiji has actually ditched their pre-departure COVID-19 testing now as an entry requirement as well. So that's good to know. Um, also... Where I've just got to drop down here. Cook Islands. They've restarted isolation-free travel. Yay! I love the Cook Islands. Um, and also New Caledonia has axed its self-day isolation rule for fully vaxxed visitors, though tourists still need to present a negative COVID test taken 72 hours prior to departure and two days after arrival. Uh, French Polynesia, um, it, they have included pre-departure COVID tests and proved COVID booster shots for visitors who received their last dose more than nine months prior to boarding. number of South Pacific archipelagos are yet to announce their restart dates. Uh, Samoa has said they're on track to reopen depending on their vaccination progress and they're hoping to reopen Samoa around August or September this year. And a win for people who can't quite afford business class but would really like to just move up a, a a, a touch from economy class, particularly if you're a person, a biggish person or a person with long legs or anyone that just wants a bit of extra comfort. Emirates at long last is introducing full premium economy experience starting from the 1st of August, mainly to London Heathrow and uh, Charles de Gaulle and also between Sydney and Christchurch of all places, which is really unusual. So that is fantastic that that is starting. Um, Christchurch doesn't start till December, but Paris uh, is starting and London from from 1 August and you can start making those bookings from 1 June. So that is really good to know that they're offering that alternative form of 
you know, class of travel. Mm. Of course, we haven't had that being offered to us by hardly any of the Middle Eastern airlines. It was only economy or business, and that that was it. So, so they're the first. Yes, and um, we did talk about the DPD, the Digital Passenger Declaration, and I might just go through that again, Jane. Um, did you want me to do that now, or shall I do it in the next segment? Look, why not do it now? While we're do it now. About All right. Look, airports. we did talk about this last week as well, Jane, and I have spoken to some friends slash clients who've just come back, and they were saying how it is still fraught with a few problems. Now you've got to do one of these DPDs and you've got to do it before you come back into Australia. You can start at seven days before your flight, but it's got to be submitted before you depart for Australia. Now, <laughs> it's a bit complicated. You've got to provide your contact details, including a phone contact in Australia, make a legally binding declaration in relation to your vaccination status, make a de- declaration about your travel history in the last 14 days, and a declaration that you're aware of the quarantine and testing requirements, etc. So you must complete this online if you can. If you cannot use the mobile app, then you can do an online form as well. And then before you start your declaration, just make sure that you've got the information you need ready, which is your flight number, passport, travel history 14 days prior, destination and quarantine arrangements if required, and your COVID vaccination record. Now, if you can't do any of that, you can still do it on arrival, but it it means that you're going to have a, a long delay at Sydney Airport when you come in, whereas if you've got one of these, it's going to be a lot simpler and easier. And you've got to do it, sorry, also, I think it's at least 24 hours prior to flight, seven days or no later than 24 hours prior to your departure of your flight to return home. We'll all get used to it eventually. Eventually. Exactly <laughs> right, Jane, eventually. To NURFM, we are talking travel, Sally Lucas and I, and oh... <laughs> We're going off to somewhere exotic. Well, Jane, I saw this and at first I thought it must have been in Australia. There's this photograph of this huge crocodile on the on a side of a river. And I'm thinking, oh, where is this? Where is this person staying? And I just started reading it and it's, this is obviously a travel journalist. She says, I'm lying in bed absent-mindedly gazing out the window when I first spot the crocodile. I'm thinking, in bed? And you gaze out. I'd be terrified. <laughs> He's sunning himself on a sandbank, lapping up the early rays of an African morning. Anyway, she, she also says the sight of such a prehistoric predator would normally cause for some alarm. But she's perfectly safe because she's in a hotel room 20 metres above the Sabi River, which is in Kruger National Park. So what they've done there, they've, they've got this um, called Kruger Shalati, the train on the bridge. It's a collection of railway carriages that have been converted into luxury accommodation. They haven't rattled down the track since the 1970s, but uh, an enterprising group of local business people spotted an opportunity and they've spent four years quite literally trying to get get it, well, getting it off the ground. So it opened in 2020 and it's earned a rave reviews from visitors all around the world. So there's 12 carriages on the bridge and they said that they were looking for something authentic. Well, that's pretty authentic, isn't it? Uh, these rail that's... carriages were from the 50s and they found them in a yard where old trains go to die. <laughs> we know of plain, you know, um, cemeteries, but obviously there's some for trains as well. So they stripped them and refurbished them and it took them nine months just to complete the first carriage. So the craftsmanship that's gone into these is just wonderful and they're very spacious and, you know, they said sometimes you feel like you're moving because they're on a bridge. They actually sometimes move with the wind. Mm. So you get the the feeling. They've got a massive bed that she said that you could easily share with an elephant. I don't really think it'd be quite that big. Elephants are pretty big. But should you look out the window and there's all sorts of wildlife, of course, 
come and, and drink and, and frequent around the river. So quite a unique, uh, you know, experience. And you've got um, an adjacent restaurant as well, and they even have uh, a local singers and entertain you. And yeah, so I just thought, wow, something a little different. Something a very little different. So if you're thinking of going there as well, you'll get to see maybe the aforementioned crocodile and hippos, elephants, buffalo, and all manner of um, animals uh, coming down to, to have a drink of the water. So I just thought that was quite unique and something different. Yes, very different. Now, also unique and fairly new and different, um, Pernon, the French cruising company, a few years ago decided they liked the idea of building a hybrid electric deep polar exploration ship capable of taking passengers to the edges of the earth in an eco-responsible way that seemed impossible. But, however, it, it's not, and they've done it. And the vessel's called Le Commandant Charcot. So it was the very first luxury hybrid electric polar exploration ship powered by liquefied natural gas, and it's the epitome of responsible and sustainable sailing. So it means it's got very low impact in the polar navigational areas, but it also, of course, they're taking or they're developing even new technologies and solutions to make it one of the most polar vessels at sea today. So they're still working on even making it even better than it already is. For example, some of the things on board, all light, bu- uh, light bulbs, sorry, on board are LED, which saves 75% on electricity usage and costs. They're the first company in the world to abandon heavy fuel usage. 10,000 kilos of single-use plastics have been avoided since 2019. Um, So they have a glass bottling system on board, which you can just keep topping up. Um, All carbon emissions are offset by reforestation and renewable energy um, production projects and so on. So they do a lot of cruises, as we've just mentioned. They take about 245 guests. So again, we're talking fairly small ship cruising. And again, once you're on board, you're getting everything included, your Zodiac excursions, any park entry fees where applicable. You even get a complimentary parker to keep as well and everything, absolutely everything's included. But they go to the far reaches where not of other vessels have gone before because of the type of vessel that it is. So you, you can go even further into the Arctic and the Antarctic, which is quite a remarkable thing to be able to do. And I still have it, I think, on my bucket list to do it a second time. I'd still love to go back to the Antarctic one day. To a new RFM's Talking Travel. Sally Lucas, what have we got in the hot deals department at the moment? Okay, Jane, there is a lovely seven-night, eight-day Perth and the Coral Coast wildflowers trail. And as we all know, the wildflowers are just, you know, synonymous with beauty in Western Australia. Fabulous. Just remarkable. So if you can get there at that time of the year, um, it really is one of the best times to go. The state has over 12,000 species of colourful blooms and more than 50% aren't found anywhere else in the world. So it is quite remarkable. So this is a nice little tour. You're getting three nights at the Double Tree by Hilton in Perth on the waterfront there with breakfast daily. And then you're doing a five-day, four-night wildflower tour in an air-conditioned minivan with accommodation in Geraldton and Kalbari, including all meals. You'd get a full-day Perth wildflowers tour and you're visiting all sorts of other areas as well, Geraldton and including the HMAS Sydney Memorial, of course, which is there where the ship sank just off there, of course. Um, and then you've got Port Gregory and the Pink Lake is included. Dinner and stargazing on the Kalbari Skywalk, which would be remarkable. You do wonderful tours at Kalbari as well, which is just a fabulous place. Um, and 
as I said, nearly everything's included. So this is a land content only tour. You make your own way there, whether you've driven, flown, railed, however you've got there. And it departs from Perth on the 13th of September. So that is something really lovely that you could do if you're wanting to include that. Um, we were talking a little bit about South Africa as well. There's also a, a luxury tour. This is full luxury, small boutique hotels, luxury camps. You get 12 breakfasts, five lunches and five dinners over your 13 days. Um, It's land only again, but your return airport transfers are included. Nature walks, you get a sleep out experience. Um, You're starting in Cape Town in a a luxury apartment for four nights and you do all sorts of wonderful sightseeing in and around Cape Town. There's so much to see there, of course, with Chapman's Peak, the Cape of Good Hope, the wonderful wine district. You've got a penguin colony. Any botanical gardens, etc., and then you also go to Franschhoek as well to do the Cape Winelands area as well there, and they're going into all sorts of beautiful areas in and around that southern part of um, South Africa and that's around about under $6,000 that one and also to let you know um, MSC have announced that their world cruise for 2024 is open for sale 121 day itinerary visiting 52 unforgettable destinations across 31 countries so anyone that loves the long sea voyage that might be the one for you and it's from the Med, you sail through the Red Sea, through by the Suez Canal, and you're going down into Africa, South America, the Caribbean, USA, Canada, before returning to Europe via Greenland, Iceland, etc. You even go into the Amazon River as well mm. on this as well. So, and, and then you also include on it, of course, all your parts of um, Rome, Civitavecchia for Rome, Genoa, Marseille, Barcelona, etc. You get 15 shore excursion. There's a dine and drink package included, 30% off all laundry. Um, so they're giving you all sorts of then additional excursions and packages that you can book in advance or on the cruise as well. And also if you're thinking of heading to the Caribbean, this is a nice one to do on the 17th of September. It's just a little short one, a seven night eight day cruise so you're going to St. Tomas, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, the Bahamas, sailing out of Miami and um, free easy drinks packages included with that free Wi-Fi, free onboard credit and kids cruise for free. Mm. Cabins on that, just an inside cabin. I know most people would prefer an outside, but they start from under $900 per person and a balcony from under $1,300 per person. Pretty good value for a seven-night cruise. But there's lots of great deals out there at the moment, Jane. As I said, there's lots of offers. It's wonderful to see all these things coming back into our inbox and lots of things to be able to offer all our wonderful listeners. Great for our itchy feet. Exactly. (laughs) And thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. We will talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.